as we gather this Easter morning, the message that first echoed outside the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea in Jerusalem, he is not here, he is risen. It's being declared throughout the world this morning. He's not here, he is risen, just as he said. But besides the historical reality of the Christian Savior being resurrected on a Sunday morning like this over 2,022 years ago, what does the resurrection really mean for us? Is it just a memorial, a paying of homage, a historical, um, observing a historical religious figure, or does it mean more? In Acts 2.22, Peter declares, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. He continues... This Jesus God raised up. So the resurrection this morning declares that death has been defeated, that death doesn't win, that the pangs of death don't, aren't the finish, aren't the final. Paul declares God's promise for us as well in Romans 8.11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also live in your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Our victory over death is not based on a moral standard or a religious practice, but it's based on the spiritual reality of the indwelling of God's Spirit. The same Spirit that was in Jesus, if it's in you, you will have the same experience Jesus had. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ says that all of us who have received God's Spirit have the guarantee of death's defeat in our lives. Therefore, the grave is not the final resting place, but merely a transport to our ultimate destination, our total reality. Peter concludes his message on Pentecost with these words, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This declares also the divinity of Jesus Christ. It emphasizes two key ideas, that Jesus is Lord because of the resurrection, he is our master, our leader, our guide, our mentor, and our king. And he's also the Christ. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our rescuer. He's our Messiah. Paul announces in Romans 1.4, And he was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, as Jesus rescues and restores us, we declare him to be our Lord, which leads us to a resurrected life now. Lives that we celebrate today. One of the fundamental things about his way is that I get to participate in watching resurrection every day. Not just on Easter, but every single day. And today we're celebrating resurrection. And so this morning we'll have testimonies from our near, newly completed ARG member, Gary Mann, as well as one of our residents, Kevin Prempe. So this morning as we begin, I'd like my final prayer for you all to come from Paul's prayer for the Ephesian Christians in, Ephes in Ephesians 1, 15-21. So let me pray this prayer over you. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. As Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. As we begin this morning, Bob Bennett, who's a longtime friend of our, our dear friend, Dr. Sid Smith, is going to share a few words about Sid as we honor him. He's our, our founding board member who recently passed away um, at the age of 89. Bob? Good morning, family. Rejoice. He has resurrected. He is alive. I was um, asked to speak about Sid. Oh, he was a very special man to me. Oh, um, I first met him back in 2012 when I first came into this program. And um, we hit it off. You know, Sid was a man that uh, if you couldn't get along with that man, you couldn't get along with anyone. You know, um, his laughter, his, uh, his kind heart. I, I gave him, after the years that have gone by, I learned more and more about his heart and how much he gave and how much he loved he loved people. Um, to me, he was very special. He helped me finally understand what a friend, father, mentor, spiritual advisor, you know, really means. Um, he invited me into his house, sit with his wife, eat. Um, not everybody knew that Sid was one of the ones that helped start the place, like Mr. Herb and... Uh, few others and Clyde you know, he was always the quiet one in the back but you always hear his laugh you know he was always laughing he, he was contagious oh he helped me get onto the, the right path of uh cleaning up my past debts cleaning up my cleaning up my act is what it was because I made a pretty good wreckage I made a pretty good wreckage of mine oh um but I just wanted to let everyone know I love that man he is going to be dearly missed Miss Pat, if you wouldn't mind standing, we have uh, something to give to you. Yes, just please stand. Is there, yes, I have some, um, sir, we'd like to send you something. I'll be quick. I'm quick. Is there a memory, memory of And thank you so very much. My name's Gary. It's good to see all y'all this morning. Um, if you would have asked me how my life was a year ago, I would have told you that I was only existing. I was dead, and I didn't even know it. In Ezekiel 37, it says the Lord carried him out of the city and into a valley of bones. Then he was told to speak to the bones for God and tell them that they would be brought back to life. Verse 14 says, I will put my spirit in you, and you will be brought back to life again. They were resurrected, the same way that I've been resurrected, along with all my brothers here at His Way. I was not always the man you see standing before you today. I was once lost and broken. I went to jail on August 26th of 2020, and shortly after, I applied to come to His Way. On April the 15th of 2021, I made it to a place that will always feel like home to me. And while being here, I learned about the love that God has for each and every one of us. As it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will have eternal life, or shall not perish and have eternal life. The gift He gave us was Jesus. And while He was on earth, He went through so much pain for each of us, and He overcame the world. Similar to Jesus, I too have had to suffer from afflictions of the way that I lived for so many years. Now I've overcame that life, and I am a new creation through the power of God. We all have to face many troubles in this life, but God is with us through everything that we go through. In order to purify gold, it has to be put through a fire, and as long as you put God first in your life, you will come forth as gold. I'm a living, breathing testimony to the amazing things that God can do in your life. In Matthew 6.33 it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Since finding Jesus, my entire life has begun to come together, and for the first time, I can honestly say I'm proud of the man I'm becoming. I plan to continue to pursue God and this new gift of life that has been given to me. Without God, none of this will be possible, and without Jesus, I wouldn't know God. So for that, I will forever be grateful. Thank y'all. Thank you, Gary. What a beautiful testimony of um, the reality of resurrection. 
just proves uh, the reality of your life proves the reality of Jesus and the power of his resurrection. I, uh, I'm Dan Beasley. I'm a member of the board here at His Way, and uh, it's my honor to <clears throat> continue our celebration this morning with uh, a memorial, a remembrance of brothers who have gone to sleep in the past uh, two years, 21 and 22. Um, this is a favorite time of year for me. I, um, I especially love, you know, it's just, it's hard to even uh, remember. Just a few days ago, literally a few days ago, the world was gray and gloomy. Uh, there were no leaves on the trees. The ground was, was uh, covered with the dead leaves uh, that had fallen. And, uh, and literally within a matter of days, the, the buttercups come out of the dead, dry ground and the red buds and then the dogwoods. And it's just the world springs to life in a, in a new way. And uh, it's a new reality. The centerpiece of our service today is the resurrection and the celebration of Jesus' resurrection. His physical body was raised up out of the ground. He was dead. And uh, he was raised to new life and uh, to a glorious resurrected body. His physical body was raised to a glorious resurrected body. A new reality uh, broke free on the earth. A new understanding of what, of what uh, the cosmos is like. What our death is like. Uh, what the world is like. So in the midst of this celebration, the rising of Jesus, we remember uh, the brothers who have gone to sleep in the past year. And the celebration, truly the celebration of their, uh, their new life. Uh, Paul said, uh, our citizenship isn't in heaven, and, and, and this is what Tom spoke of. Uh, our, our citizenship is no longer, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the same power that enables even him to bring all things into subjection, everything in heaven and everything on earth. He's king of everything. He's brought it all into subjection. He's brought it into himself, and he's conquered death. And um, this, this memory is always special for me. I, I come each year, and, um, and friends are on this list, very special friends. And so it's always a very special time for me. It's doubly special this year. A family member of mine is on this list uh, this year. A really, really beloved family member, uh, Ricky Roberts. And, uh, and so this is, a, this is a very special moment for me. Um, Ultimately, uh, His Way's purpose is celebrate in this moment, recovery. It's the premier moment of celebration in many ways to celebrate um, a reminder that alcohol and drug addiction don't get the final word. They, they do not get the final word. They did not get the final word in Ricky's life, nor any of the brothers we're going to remember this morning. Uh, Jesus took alcohol and drug addiction into his, into his life. He took it into himself, and it was buried with him. And that addiction in Ricky's life was, was buried, and it was raised the morning Jesus was raised from the dead. And Ricky's a part of that celebration now. The imperishable, the perishable has become the imperishable. It didn't defeat, it didn't defeat any of these brothers. Um, Paul, Paul again says it best in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Somebody's going to ask, how, how can the dead be raised? What kind of body do they become? That's foolish. Oh, look at these lilies. Uh, when you sow something, isn't it dead? And unless it dies, how's it going to come to life again? God gives it a body as he, as he has chosen for each kind of seed has its own body. Not all flesh is the same. There's one kind for humans, another kind for animals, another kind for birds, another kind for fish. They're heavenly bodies and then they're earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly one is of one kind, and the glory of the other is of another kind. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What's sown is perishable. What's raised is imperishable. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's surely a spiritual body. Thus it's written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man became a living spirit. And this was the man of dust. So it is with those who are of the dust, as it is with the man of heaven. So also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. I'm going to tell you a mystery. 
We shall not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and will be changed. For this perishable body, it must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the imperishable puts on the when the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that's written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? These lilies are a great reminder this morning of the new life that these brothers share and celebrate with their risen Lord. And we want to honor them today. Uh, Gary Benford and I are going to uh, read the names of the brothers this morning. Matthew Colts, April 20th, 2000. Austin Moore, May 1, 2021. Matthew Fairchild, May 4, 2021. Patrick Shine, May 28, 2021. David Francis, May 31st, 2021. Michael Hall, July 3, 2021. Emmanuel Estrada, July 14, 2021. Justin Tyree, July 23, 2021. Jeff Morgan, August 8, 2021. Brandon Brock, October 24, 2021. Vaughn Ackerson, November 5th, 2021. Cole Clark, November 25, 2021. Matthew Scott, December 28, 2021. 21. Paul Farley, January 7, 2022. Dakota Casberry, March 7, 2022. Ricky Roberts, March 20, 2022. Dylan Stogner, March 21st, 2022. Would the family members of these people please stand? And we're going to each give each family member a lily. I'm going to pray for all these people in uh, this day. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this day. Although it hurts to lose loved ones and watch our family members in such pain, we know that you are alive and that you are surrounding these people this very moment with love and peace and grace. We're just so thankful for this opportunity to praise you, Father, and to remember this day that it may give us hope and create in us a love that lasts an eternity. We ask that you give us the courage to live our lives as salt and light to everyone that we come in contact with, that they may know you through the love that we express to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As an opportunity to honor our loved ones, um, one of our um, families whose son passed away a couple of years ago, um, has gone through that journey of grief, and we've asked them to come share their story with us as we celebrate resurrection. Barry and Vicki Johnson. A lot of you families that are here this morning who have lost a loved one just did a couple of things that you thought you would never do. You never thought you'd sit in a crowd of people. I'll be 200 people here this morning and hear the name of your son or your brother or your husband or your boyfriend called out to be honored at his passing. Never dream you'd ever be called upon to stand up to be honored for such a thing. Going through the loss of a son, 
is, present tense, <laughs> is the hardest thing that I could ever do. I can't imagine anything for anybody, a mom or a dad, that is so hard and so uncharacteristic of what we dreamed our life would be. Um, I've always been told my whole life that you know it's just out of order it's just out of order for a parent to lose a child and what we're going through here and we've honored you this morning with a, a, a small Easter lily um, I hope you as a recipient of this know that that uh, that God cares for you deeply he is, will be there for you as he is all with all those who are brokenhearted. And my wife, Vicki. Um, I'll just read this. This weekend, as we think of Jesus on the cross, as each nail was hammered into his hands and his feet, what pain he endured, to become the ultimate sacrifice for us, our sins were nailed to the cross. What a horrific scene. Then during the three final hours, the sun stopped shining. Darkness fell over the whole earth. Jesus felt the separation from his father. How horrible that must have been for him. As he bore our sins, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then with a loud cry, he breathed his last breath. At that moment, the curtain of the temple tore in two from the top to the bottom, from heaven to earth. The earth shook, the rocks split. A centurion and some of the guards saw the earthquake and all that had happened, and they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Now, what does it take for us to see God and to see Jesus living in our lives? Over five years ago, we lost our son, our only child. His name was Jeff, Jeffrey. He was the love of our lives, but a complication from an alcohol addiction took him from us, from this earth. I was so distraught, so devastated so shaken. I couldn't handle all that we had gone through even before his death. And then when that occurred, well, there's no greater loss than that of your child. I fell into a deep, deep depression. I retreated from almost everyone and everything. This just didn't happen for a few months or even a year, but it extended into four long years. Of our lives. Unfortunately, during this time, it was very, very hard on Barry. For not only was he trying to deal with his own terrible loss, but also trying to care for me. Barry will tell you that he often refers to those days in our lives as my dark, dark days, which I agree. And I wondered at times, where was God? Where was Jesus during all that? But as 2020 came around and COVID appeared, you think that would be a bad thing, but we had to stay together 24-7. And this helped me. I began to awaken from this dark period of my life. Through prayers from faithful family and friends, my wonderful husband faithfully by my side, time passing, close friends and doctors, even especially studying the scripture and reading good Christian books. Well, the list could go on, but my world began to open up to Jesus' light again. Barry told me that he continually asked the Lord if he could just get his old Vicky back. That's all he wanted was just her back. But he said that didn't happen. Indeed, he said he got a better better version of me. 
I had finally found that peace that only God and Jesus can give. God was at work during my life, especially during those dark days, even though I may not have felt it at the time. He was shining through. And what a blessing it has been for us. We now have a close relationship, a better marriage. But now as we look back to the two days after the crucifixion, the resurrection from the grave, when Jesus brought light into this world, he gave us hope, an eternal, everlasting hope. And I'd like to share two scriptures with you. 1 Peter 1, 3-4, Praise be to the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into a priceless inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, help in heaven for you. And then in Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and with peace because you trust in him so that you may overflow with that hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Grasp on to his hope. Thank you. And not to let her have the last word. <laughs> the path that you walk on, this, this, this journey of grief and mourning that you're in, I've had people tell me that it's a hard one. It's, it's a hard one. It is. Um, I've had people, I, you know, and I was the same way. I didn't know what to say before, and people don't know what to say to me now. Um, and they would say things that, that really made no sense at all. Uh, he's in a better place. <laughs> um I want you to know that he is in a better place. It is, but it's not very comforting to hear that. Um, whenever you've lost a child, lost a son. Um, but I do want you to know that, that I know how brokenhearted I was when this happened. I have a sense of how brokenhearted you are. As you walk through this this path of that you did not choose, it's not a you know we go through a lot of things in life that are our fault. We this is you know this is my this is on me, but this is something that you did not choose, and you're going through this walk and you're this path and it's hard to do. I want you to know that that Jesus, like nothing else, can heal your broken heart. A lot of these guys who are here today, who are part of this program, who have graduated from this program, or who are here and, and been through the program, will, will, will tell you that they got to a point where they said, only God, only God can help me now. And I want you to know that you may have friends praying for you, you may have friends coming to help and offering help, but only God can heal that kind of a broken heart. My name is Ed Ditto. I was resurrected when I was in the seventh grade in Tuscumbia, Alabama. And there's been ups and downs since then. You know, it's right and it's good to, to have tears this morning, to be somber. It is. It's good. It's right. It's what we ought to do. But it's time for something different. It's okay to smile because there's hope. He's raised. <sighs> he is raised from that grave, and there's hope. 
and you can smile. And if you need some help, okay, it's all right. You know, we share one common problem, all of us. We die. And we go to a grave. It's a common thing we all share. Uh, unless some theologian says, unless Jesus comes first. Okay, so we get that caveat in. We all die. It's a common problem we have. I went looking for a solution to that problem. Death, that's a problem. I looked at all the religions I could think of, all the major big religions and all the little ones I could think of. I looked and looked and looked, and none of them, not one of them, except Christianity, solves the problem of death. Not one of them. I looked at the Latter-day Saints, and Joseph Smith's still in the grave. I looked at Buddha, he's still dead. I looked at Baha'i Ulai, maybe you've never heard of him, but he's still dead. The Hindu gods never even existed. They don't get to be dead. They never were. I looked at atheism. They don't even have a God. No hope, no help. I looked at Judaism. They don't believe in Jesus as Messiah. No help. Doesn't solve the problem of death. I looked at Islam. Muhammad's still in the grave. No help. Still dead. One. One. Religion. Christianity. Solves the problem. Jesus got up out of the grave. There is hope. We can smile. Yes, we can cry and smile at the same time. It's hard. I'm going to read a little bit from 1 Corinthians 15. Some scattered selections out of that. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you're still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised, no hope. And if in Christ we have hope only in this life, then we're of all people most to be pitied. But, if, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, He has. So also, in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, raised from the dead, man. Then at His coming, those who belong to Christ, me, you. Then comes the end when He delivers the kingdom of God to the good, and He delivers the kingdom to God the Father after, listen, He delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. My problem is solved. I can smile. He's raised. The Apostle Paul said, For I deliver, and here's, here's what we're supposed to hear today the gospel. Paul said, For I delivered to you as of first importance, importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, and that He was buried. Here it is. This is the smiling verse. That He was raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture. He is raised. He is raised. He's risen. There is hope. And that, folks, is what Easter is all about. Now join me in prayer because we're going to remember that as we eat the bread, drink the wine. We're going to remember that. Father, your son died 
and was buried. And he raised from the grave. What a story. Thank you so much for Jesus. I remember him. And I praise you and thank you for him. And this is my prayer in his name. Amen. Wow, that's powerful. And as we remember the death of Jesus, today we want to honor our own men, as Gary mentioned, and have others has mentioned, who have undergone their own personal resurrection. And we're not just honoring men this morning in this regard, because we have different programs for men. We have a full-time program for men. We also have our rediscovery for women. But also some of our men who are baptized, they have family members, loved ones that are baptized as well because of their own personal resurrection. You know, when, when people arrive at, when these men arrived at our recovery program, these men and women, they were dead. They were dead to God. They were dead to his blessings. They were dead to the hope of a better life. They arrived here broken, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally. They were prisoners, prisoners of addicted behavior. But the good news is that Jesus has come to set the captives free. He has come to set the captives free. He declared, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus died. He was buried. But the good news is he was raised again. To newness of life. And this message is good news. And when these men and women believed this good news, they made a decision to declare that Jesus was going to be Lord of their lives, that they were going to follow him. And they were baptized. And baptism isn't just a mere symbol, it mirrors. It's a, a place where God works powerfully to, to effect transformation. And it mirrors the resurrection of, of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Paul said, Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And when these men and women were baptized, something remarkable happened. You can see it in their eyes. You could see a transformation had taken place. Those who were formerly dead and alienated from God were born anew by the power of the Spirit. They were made alive and transported from a kingdom where only darkness and pain existed to the kingdom of Christ. Most importantly, their sins were not only forgiven by God, they were forgotten by Him as well. And whereas they were lifeless and joyless, without the power to stand against their addictive behavior, they are now filled with joy and power through the Holy Spirit. No longer ashamed, they walk with pride as sons and daughters of the living God, seated with their King Jesus in the heavenly places at this moment. No longer prisoners, but free. No longer living their way, but his way. It is a fantastic transformation. And so today, we want to honor those men and women who have started this most extraordinary journey of all, being a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
And Michael Varchetta and I will read off the names of those who have been baptized this year. Uh, as your name is read, we would ask that you would please stand. Nick Moore, April 14th, 2021. Chase Johnson, April 18th, 2021. Kayla Moore, May 2nd, 2021. Thomas McRoberts, May 3rd, 2021. Christy Armand, May 30th, 2021. Gary Mann, June 13th, 2021. Alex Hoffman, July 1st, 2021. Casey Dunscombe, July 12th, 2021. Eric King, July 30th, 2021. Roy Blankenship, August 4th, 2021. Christian Rosal, August 4th, 2021. Robbie Ingram, August 30th, 2021. Matthew Worley, August 31st, 2021. Rex Seegers, November 17th, 2021. Will Daly, November 17th, 2021. Patrick King, December 8th, 2021. Shane Welchel, January 5th, 2022. Marquand Hall, January 18th, 2022. Robbie Elledge, January 18th, 2022. Kevin Prempey, January 20th, 2022. Kaylee Good, January 23rd, 2022. Tasha Acton, February 1st, 2022. Christian Feria, February 8th, 2022. Let's pray. Our mighty God, we're thankful for this day for this reminder of your resurrection. We're thankful for each one of these who are now standing because they are standing on your promises. They're standing because they have been translated from darkness to light, and from death to life because of the power of your life and your death and your resurrection. We're thankful for what you've blessed them with, the power to have a new life and to become who you created them to be and to do what they could not do themselves, what we cannot do ourselves, and that's to change. We're thankful for the power that you have put in them and in all those who have become Christians, the power that you said was used to raise Jesus from the dead and put him at your right hand, that power now dwells in them and each of us who have become Christians and enable us to become all that you want us to be and all that we hope to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So our final speaker is going to share with you for a few minutes this morning is Kevin Prempe. He was baptized in January, and uh, I wanted him to share some things about what the resurrected life is, has looked like for him. So, Kevin? Um, I just would like to pray real quick, if that's okay. Father God, I just thank you for another day, for bringing your body together um, as one whole, together in this place, as a community of believers, Father God, on this special day which you was resurrected. I just pray that you would just use me, Father God, to encourage, lift up, bring hope to whomever that it is that you choose. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Um, real quick, I'm originally from Queens, New York. Um, everybody in my household that ended up in my household in Queens, New York was adopted. My original mom is from Lacey Springs. My adopted mom is. She moved to New York when she was 18 years old. Adopted a whole bunch of us. Um, my mom and dad gave us up because of drugs and alcohol. Uh, the very thing that um, I said I would never do, I ended up doing, uh, which is how I lost my mom and dad uh, due to drugs. Um, 
once I came to Alabama, it was really hard to switch over from fast pace to slow pace. And I'm not calling nothing slow about <laughs> Alabama, but it was just a real hard transition for me. Um, um, I, it took an act of Congress. Actually, only God could have um, done what has taken place in my life. There was a huge boulder after Christ died and there was this stone in front of the cave where he lay. And I feel like that's what my life was like for the longest time. I could not, I knew I was alive, but I also knew that I was dead inside. I had no real hope. I had pretty much burned every bridge that I had that God had placed for me for the good. Um, in every way, it was just an impossible task because I had created so much turmoil in my life. And to look forward for the hope of, of something successful, there was just no light in that tunnel. Um, on top of my past and present um, failures, but I just thank God through prayer and just who God is alone, really nothing to do with me. I prayed my way all the way through my addiction and I had people pray for me, but I know there was nothing of my own power. I don't believe there was nothing that I had anything to do with. It was a free gift that I accepted. When I came to a point where I was sick and tired of being tired, and I stopped making excuses and pointing fingers at him, her, this, and that. And I said that I'm the problem. If I get out the way, God can do something in my life. So as of January 1st of last year, I got locked up for the umpteenth time. And I was just so, I was just through, spent. I, I, I was running my whole life without stopping. No breaks, no pit stops, no restroom breaks, none of that. I was just gone. And from a sincere prayer, I asked God that if you would give me another opportunity at life. And this just wasn't one of them prayers, just let me get out of jail. I meant like I needed freedom from the inside. Something was damaged, broke beyond repair where money couldn't fix it. Family couldn't do anything. Like there was just nothing. There was nobody that could help me at that point except for God. I was torn. And that's where this stone and the story of Christ comes from. It was an immovable object. And uh, I asked God from a sincere prayer that if he would just transform me, give me another opportunity, that I promise him that I would follow him and do his will, whatever that may be for my life. Um, God used the same district attorney, lawyer, and judge, which gets paid to put people away paid my way here. The very next day, my lawyer came, which I haven't seen. She came to me and said, Kevin, I don't even know why I'm here today. Your papers was on the bottom of a stack, which, you know, I got murder cases and stuff. I'm sorry, but I, something told me to come and see you. She said, I just want you to tell me your life story. And I started from the beginning, like how I did with y'all. And at the end, I told her that I just need a chance at life. Um, I am a believer, but this isn't who I am. Something else is driving me. I need help. And um, she just looked at me and she said, I can't promise you nothing, but I'll definitely promise you that I'll have you in court today. Um, as of August 30th, um, I was allowed to come here amongst a place where there's just no words for his way. It's just starting with the people genuinely care. And I believe that's where my process started. Like people want to see me 
make it, which will give a person with no hope hope daily. And then everything is centered around Christ. Um, today, I have no need for drugs. God is my drug. And I'm addicted. I am. I'm not where I want to be or supposed to be in life, but I'm nowhere near where I once was. Every day I get up with service on my mind. I go to work to make money, but I'm working for God. I live amongst a bunch of brothers that come from the same place or worse. God knows. And I watch them be transformed every day into something new. I just thank God that he never looked at what I created, but what he created in me to be. That he never gave up on me. That he removed that stone, that immovable object in my life. To where not only can I have an opportunity here in life, but I have eternal life. And because of him, I can smile. I can be amongst brothers and truly love that love me and I can love on them daily. And we can go out into our communities and make a difference. Because you just don't know. You know, I thought when I get saved, oh, it was me, me, me. Me, me, me. Well, me has to get out of the way in order for God to do what he's trying to do. He saved me so that I can go out there and touch other hurting people. And that's what life is really about. I couldn't truly live until I die. Thank you.